0: Hey everybody, welcome to The Blacklist, the show where we interview the elite, and today we have my man Jeff Fenster. Jeff, for people that don't know you, because I know you pretty well, but for the people that don't know you, uh, give yourself a brief introduction. Sure. First off, thanks for having me. No big, problem. Big
1: fan of you and the show, so always love uh, coming down here and getting a hang. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm Jeff Fenster. Uh, I call myself a serial entrepreneur. My wife will call me a degenerate entrepreneur, <laughs> but um, I like to start companies to solve problems. And Currently, I run... A, craft superfood chain, Everbowl which I'm sure we'll talk about today, a yep. construction company called WeBuild, and a CPG food manufacturing company called Unevolved Products. And I just like to disrupt businesses. Um, I'm a family man, two daughters, wife, and just love to have some fun and be the best version of myself and help unevolve, which I'm sure we'll also get into.
0: Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that I like about you is for the amount of success that you've, that you've had, um, you are incredibly humble, you know, like that's probably one of the biggest things that I've noticed. Um, so, you know, uh, how do you kind of keep, we'll, we'll dive into, you know, uh, Everble and stuff like that, but how do you kind of keep your ego in check to make sure that, you know, you, you don't kind of get over the line where it's like, you know, kind of, you know, a douchebag and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think it starts with early on in my career. I, I had a, some success young. Yeah. It kind of went to my head and it blew up in my face. And I realized really quickly, my success was a product of my team and, yeah not just me being cool or special because I'm not and I think everyone can be successful and I think there's a formula it's called a success formula and if you do those things you can achieve that too so I'm not special or different or or even unique to everyone else I've just figured out how to play the game yeah for me and get the success I'm after and so it may appear that way and so I'm able to reflect on that regularly and say hey you know what I'm not I don't have any reason to not be humble because right. there's nothing that unique other than myself, meaning I don't bring special traits to the world. You know, I'm an ordinary guy who figured out what extra stuff to do to yep. be extraordinary. And my goal in life is to help everyone achieve that. And it's possible and doable. And I think the, as you said, that douchebag, high ego, it's a turnoff, right? Yeah. And yes, if you can walk on water like LeBron James, you deserve to be that. I'm not LeBron James. I'm five nine. <laughs> I can't dunk a basketball. Yeah, You know, there's just a lot of things I can't do. Yeah, um, But there is a method for all of us to have that success. And I have great mentors. A lot of them are actually on your Blacklist podcast and a lot uh, of good yeah. friends of mine who I've learned from. And, you know, if you have a hunger for learning and you realize that everyone can achieve it, it's just figuring out the model, yeah. the strategy, the game. If you ever played a video game or anything, it's always about the technique and the, the approach. Right, right, right. And so I just... I realize that uh, that's just how I've become successful for myself, and so I lean into it. Yeah,
0: well, let's dive into that because a, a lot of the blacklist is about finding these, you know, success formulas, these these hacks per se, you know, that kind of get you further in life that most people would, you know, just go straight over their head. Um, like you said, you know, you're you're an ordinary person, which I would argue probably not the case, um, but still, right? You found what works for you. What is that success formula for you? And and you know, talk talk about it. Well, I mean, it starts first and foremost
1: with your daily habits. Yeah. Um, you know, I believe in win stacking. And I think a lot of people who are sitting on the sidelines or trying to achieve something enormous or great, they get kind of, they get scared. They, they get intimidated by the sheer vast volume in front of them. What do I have to do to achieve right. whatever it is? I'm just starting out in my career and I want to be a Titan. Oh my gosh, it's a huge, huge, huge lift. But if you win the day, you win the day. And if you win a lot of days in a row, <laughs> you end up being a winner. Yep. And so I, I shrink everything down. And an analogy I love to use is if you were sitting on the couch today and you're out of shape, you know, and because I use working out because it's, it's very easy to capture, right? It's very right. easy to encompass into one single thing. But if you're sitting on the couch today and you've never worked out and you want to run a marathon, oh, my gosh, that seems impossible, right. right? But what if today you just put on your gym clothes and watch TV? Yeah. Is that doable? Sure. So great. You won the day today. What if tomorrow you put on your gym clothes and you walk or run to the mailbox? Is that doable? Yeah. Yes. Great. You won tomorrow. If you do that every day and every day you go one more mailbox, that micro step forward is possible, doable and believable for yourself. It's you're going to do it because it's not much harder than what you did yesterday. Yeah. And if you do that long enough, guess what? You just walk or ran a marathon. It may take longer than you want. And that's the other piece of the success formula that derails a lot of people. They have this arbitrary, I have to be successful by next Tuesday. Yeah, true. I I can't guarantee that. Yeah. I don't care when I hit my goals. My goal is to hit my goal. And so for me, it's about win stacking and winning the day and shrinking everything down to the most easy digestible formula. One of the things I I learned with you early on when I was trying to, you know, enhance my media coverage and you helped me understand that as well. It's about that. And so that's the first step of the, in my, success formula. The second one is always learning. You know, I don't have to know how to do everything. I can learn anything. I mean, literally anything. You know, my oldest daughter, she's a senior. She kind of drives me crazy sometimes when I say, hey, I need you to do this. She goes, I don't know how. I'm like, you literally have an iPhone in your pocket. I can learn to make a (laughs) nuclear bomb with this thing. Right, right. I mean, just Google it, right? Google it. And um, you can learn anything. And so having a thirst for knowledge and learning and not saying I don't or I can't because those words just are irrelevant to me. Yeah. Um, and they should be irrelevant to you if you want to be successful. And then the third one is relationship capital. You know, leveraging your relationships and making friends and being a person who gives more than you take. You don't realize the power of who you know and what that can do to elevate success. Yeah, which um, you do great of by the
0: way. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that you do well that you know maybe not too many people do as much. Um, you have a ton of relationship capital. Like when I first met you. You're like, oh, yeah, I know this guy, this guy, this guy. Like, you are very well connected in the space, you know? So, but anyways, sorry to no, cut you off. No, but I think that that's
1: part of the success formula. I would not be where I am today but for my relationships. And the way you make those relationships are not, and, and it's, I'm actually, I'm going to do a little little a little self-plug uh, here, but go ahead, yeah. I'm coming out with my first book. It's called Relationship Bank Account, and it's based nice. on a course I did for LinkedIn. You can also go see the course for free in LinkedIn Learning. It's about re- building relationship capital and using that model to elevate yourself in your career. I'm not where I am today, but for my relationships, yeah, you know, and half the list on your blacklist are good friends of mine who have helped me in my career. Yeah, And that help, again, I'm an ordinary guy without their help. I'm not where I am. Right. And so the way you generate that by being humble and giving more than you receive and making what I call deposits into that relationship bank account, yeah. leading with what can I do for you? Because everyone can do something for somebody. Yeah. And the easiest thing is make an introduction. Sure. And if we make those introductions, people say, hey, you know what? That's really cool. You know, Jeff, you just made an introduction for me to so-and-so. Awesome. Now I have what I call a deposit in that bank account. And like all bank accounts, if you have money in there, you can make a withdrawal when you need it. And so if and when in life I need something from that individual, like an introduction or information on how to, I can make that call. And I've earned the right to ask. So I think relationship capital is a third part of that success formula. Um, And then the fourth one is being healthy. Because when you're not healthy and you're not the best version of yourself, you can't win stack because you're dealing with other stuff, right? You can't spend time learning and you can't build relationships. You're sick. You're feeling sick. You're not being the best version of you. So that's part of the impetus for my most recent venture. But it's about what we consume every day and being active and finding the way to live your best life and best self through health, wellness, and activity.
2: Yeah,
0: I love that. I want to dive into number one really quick (laughs) because you were saying like if you could win the day you know you'll if you win a lot of days you're going to end up winning in general um, now it sounds great but for somebody that i think is at your level where you are you know you're a serial entrepreneur you have multiple companies you don't just have one how are you win stacking each and every single business cuz i feel like you know for mo- majority people when they don't get out of, when they don't get out of their own way they're full on 40 plus hours in just one business but you have multiple so how does that look like from a high level perspective
1: Well, I'm always working on my business, not in my business. And that's hard to do when you start. It's something that everyone needs to get working towards. Um, Another, I use a lot of single line cliches that work for me, but I like to be the dumbest guy in the room. So I build teams of people who are smarter, better, and and more capable than I am. Mm -hmm. So it allows me to focus on what I bring to the table. So I've really strengthened my team building skills, and the teams I have in those companies are remarkable. I mean, they're absolutely remarkable. And we live and die by our core values. Yeah. And to do that, I think everyone should have their own defined core values. And we say that, but you need to have them. That is your North Star. You need core values when you don't know what to do. Yeah, You need core values when you're not sure how I'm going to achieve this or I'm feeling lousy. It's the parachute in your, you know, when you jump out of an airplane. Yeah. You're not jumping without it. So if you don't know who you are, what you stand for, and how you're going to navigate the world, success is so far from... Your grasp. You need to <laughs> shrink it all back down, right? And yeah. so that is how, you know, with multiple companies, I'm focusing on putting amazing people in place, giving them the freedom to be amazing because I hired them or, or partnered with them for reasons. Yeah. And then defining it where we're going and saying, okay, what are we doing today to get there? Not what are we doing next week, next month, next year. Right. What are we doing today? Bring it back to the day. Yeah. So often we're living in the future of the past. The present is where we make shit happen. Yep. And that's where
0: we all need to make stuff happen. Powerful, dude. Powerful. And for people that don't have context, um, if you don't mind sharing, how many Everbowl locations do you guys have right now?
1: So we have 345 sold and uh, 57 open, and um, we're opening two
0: tomorrow. (laughs) Nice, dude. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I first knew you, I think you had like 16 to 22, yeah, right? And that was what, like two, three, maybe four years ago? I don't even remember. Right. Yeah.
1: We had 28 on March 20th, 2020. Yeah. And we shut them all down for a minute because of COVID. Right. Right. And then rebuilt the business. Yeah.
0: That's insane. Right. So the hiring aspect, I think you do a very good job in. And then you did partner with other people as well. Right. Correct. Um, Correct. If I'm wrong, WAGS Capital and then also Dan Fleshman. And
1: yeah, so they're they're investors and franchisees. Uh, You know, Drew Brees is an investor and a big franchisee of ours. Um, You know, we have a Bobby Castro yeah, founders, yep. founders of GoFundMe, I mean, we have a nice laundry list of good investors, good partners, good strategic partners, uh, yeah. good franchisees. You know, so yes, we've, we've done a lot of partnering with smart people who can help grow the brand in the ways that they can. Yeah. You're a collection of your team. I mean, you show me a team of individuals and I'll take the team that, that uh, the group that is a team over the group that's an, a group of individuals always loses to right. a, a team. Agreed,
0: agreed. So take me back to when you didn't have uh, those strategic partnerships. How were you, I mean, that's still a lot of locations, right? The 16, and 22, When it, I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly. But um, how did you kind of develop or know who to hire to make sure that you can just replicate it? You know, uh, a location here, a location there. Walk, walk me through that.
1: So it's, it's a concept of magnetism, right? You attract. You know hire. If you're looking to hire people, you're going to always find someone who's looking for a job. Mm. Um, my first real strategic hire was a guy named Brian Augustine. He's our chief development officer. Yeah, He joined me when I had one store. Yeah, um, It's a great story. So I never hire. I attract. Yeah. A- and I try to attract. And I do that by, again, living my core values and attracting the people who believe in our mission and our why. That's who you want on your team. If you really want the rock stars, you don't want a resume. You want people who say, hey, I stand for what you stand for. I believe what you believe. I want to be part of this. Yeah. So uh, one of my very good friends who did all the branding for Everbowl, Eric Brosell, his brother-in-law is this guy, Brian Augustine. So I had opened my first store October of 2016. I know nothing about restaurants. <laughs> um, so I'm fumbling my way through figuring out what the hell I'm doing. And this guy, Brian, comes down to visit. And he was up in Oregon. And he said he kind of loved what we were working on. He's like, oh, my God, I love superfoods. He would have been with Trader Joe's for 14 years, helped him with culture, et cetera. I told him what my mission was, our core values, unevolved, where we're going, what we're trying to accomplish. Yep. And he left. And then he sent me an email with a three-page PDF basically saying, I believe everything you guys believe in. I stand for what you stand for. I want, to put passion, I want to be passionate about what I do every day, and I want to put that passion to use. So I want to join your team. I don't care what position I have with you. I just need to join the team. Damn. How do you say no to
2: that? Yeah,
0: yeah. He's basically
1: telling you, like, dude, I'm all in. Correct. And so by doing that, he joined me, and he was able to take the culture piece that I was trying to build and didn't know how to build it. Yep. He's an expert at building culture and team. Yeah. He basically did that, right? So Everble isn't where it is but for him. I don't get him if I'd put a job resume out because he wasn't looking for a job. Right. What I was doing was living the core values that I was standing for, that the company stood for. The brand was what we wanted it to be. We were authentic in what and who we said we were, and we attracted that rock star.
2: Yeah.
0: One thing that I'm noticing in this interview is I hear a lot of wheeze, wheeze. I don't hear I or anything like that to me shows, you know, great signs of a great leader. You know, you're saying, yeah, the success that I'm, that we're having is due to our partnerships. It's due to the team that we have. It's due to the, you know, the person that I end up hiring. Like that's a, that's amazing to hear, you know, especially from another business owner who like wants to do something at your level. It's like, I know a lot of people that are going to listen to this. They're also saying that, you know, and if they haven't, you know, now you're noticing. So that's good. Um, and that, and that I think was your second piece of, uh, of the success formula, right? Hire, hire better people or hire people that are better and smarter than you. Correct. Be the dumbest guy in the room. Got it. And then number three is, what was number three again? Cause like, I know one was health, but I think that was the last one.
1: Yeah. So I did them in a different order, but yeah. Okay. So relationship capital.
0: Yeah. Relationship
1: capital. Yes.
0: Um, so I want to dive into that because I think that's another thing that, you know, um, took, you know, the the business to the next level and stuff like that, is you have high-level connections. One of the people that's, uh, or one of the guests that's coming in later today, you were friends with, I think did business with, um, Neil Patel, yep. um, and, you know, you're involved and connected with a lot of high-level people that, you know, Dan Fleshman, um, you know, Wax Capital and stuff like that. A lot of these guys are big players, right? They're not, you know, anything small. Um, what was it like doing it at, at such a high level? Was it still, you know, kind of like making the introductions and, you <laughs> know, because I, I feel like it's different, but
1: I don't know. No, yeah. I, I mean, so I'll, I'll tell you how I met Neil. It's actually yeah. a funny story. So I had just sold a payroll and HR company, and it was 2011. My, oldest, uh, my youngest daughter was born in November of that year, and I realized I wanted to work from a computer, yep. and I didn't really know how to use a computer very well. <laughs> and so um, I reached out to a buddy of mine, Pat Flynn, who yep. uh, you may know. Yep, yep. And I said, hey, Pat, I want to pay you $10,000 a month to teach me how to do digital marketing so i can work from home and be present with my young my youngest bo- uh, newborn and my oldest daughter and uh, be a present dad and he said jeff the name of my business is smart passive income that's not very passive it's not something uh, i can yeah. do yeah. it was a joke but you know he was like being serious and he's like but if you really want some help you should talk to neil patel and i said who's neil patel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he said well you should first know who neil is and second i can make an introduction for you i was like yeah. great so this is where i think again, people should stop, right? Yes, you got an introduction, but what do you do here? And how do you play it? Yep, Because a, a million people get introductions. They just don't capitalize on them. Yeah. So I realized, look, I have a unique ability in sales. I That's my background. I have a lot of relationships. I had just sold a payroll and HR company where I'd worked with businesses from one employee to 5,000 employees, and I had over 400 clients. So I had a lot of businesses that could definitely be interested in digital marketing. Yeah. Neil is great at digital marketing. I'm sure he could benefit if I brought business to the table. So before I took the call with Neil, I went out and I sold my first digital marketing client. Yep. It was a, oh, pretty, nice. it was a pretty large company. Um, I did it all on the come, meaning I went to that, that client and I said, listen, I kind of told a little white lie, but it didn't cost them anything. So it worked out. But I basically <laughs> said, listen, me and Neil Patel are going to come in and do your digital marketing. Yep. Don't pay me anything. We'll just make money on the upside. Whatever new revenue we bring to you, we want a piece. Yeah. They said, okay, that sounds great. So then I went to Neil and I said, hey, Neil, um, nice to meet you. I sold our first digital marketing client. I have a six-figure check. Where do you want me to send it? (laughs) And he was like, what's your name? (laughs) Yeah. But it was different. It was unique, right? So I brought a six-figure client to the table. I was prepared to pay Neil, even not knowing if we were going to be successful and take that risk. Yeah. So that was the start of our friendship. We became friends. We became partners. We worked on a lot of clients together in digital marketing and had a lot of fun. And he's a very good friend now. And that's just how I capitalized on that introduction. And I think that that's the same thing in all business. Like as it relates to the Everbull story, you know, in those relationships, as I've navigated to bring smart, talented, great people to our team, both as advisors, investors, franchisees, and and core team members, it's the same thing. It's how do I add value to them immediately? So the first step is me giving, not taking. Right. And I make what I call a deposit. And the relationship builds. And yes, you could say, well, if you always make deposits, you'll go broke. I promise you, you won't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You'll actually make
1: more money than you could possibly imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's good because I think a lot of people, when they try to get introductions or they do get the introductions, they're always like, what can I get from this person? You know, how can I get what I want, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And you do it, I mean, I I feel like you do it at a much higher level. It's like, how can I give to them to the point where it's like a no-brainer, you know, that I'm now valuable, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's super, super powerful. I agree with it 100%. Um, and that's a good you know, good story. Um, I do want to talk about, um, well, first, I want to cover really quick out of, all, out, out of the core values that you have, what's your number one core value? And then I want to go into un, uh, Unevolve.
1: Make friends and have fun.
0: That reminds me of uh, Win Friends and uh, <laughs> oh, wow, Influence. A, yeah, and Influence. Yeah, by deal.
1: Yeah. So, um, so the, the two rules at Everable every employee that's ever worked with us at Everable, uh, my personal two core values, the two things that are non debatable make friends and have fun. It sounds so simple. There's yep. so much packed in those two core values that if you live those core values, both personally and professionally, your whole world changes. Because if you work at Everbull as just someone helping to make acai bowls in the store, yeah. and I say make friends, that means you don't steal from your coworkers. You show up on time. You don't leave them high and dry. You don't be disrespectful to a customer walking in. You're making friends with every single person who walked through the door. Yep. And what do you do with your friends? You treat them right. right. I don't need to get into don't steal, show up on time. I don't have to say all that. that just make sense. friends. And having fun. When you're having fun, it's attractive, right? And you can do this right now. You can walk down the street. If you walk up to a stranger and you mean mug them or frown, you're going to get that response. If you smile at them, you will get a smile back. Yep. It's kind of like um, uh, yawning. It's, it's just contagious. Yeah. So by, by having fun and enjoying what you do, you bring a different element to the table. You make friends more. It makes the customer have a better experience. And scientifically, as it relates to Everbowl, food tastes better when you're smiling. If, really? you walk, if you walk into a a fast food restaurant and it's frown, 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 whatever, and you walk into that same fast food and you can use In-N-Out because their hiring model is if you don't smile the entire interview, you don't get the job. What? In-N-Out tastes better because they're smiling at you the whole time. Yeah. It's just science. I don't know. I can't tell you the why. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, when you research it and you learn, you learn that making friends and having fun is going to be, it's going to attract more people to you because- you've ever been out in a party and you meet someone and you go, man, that person was fun. Right. What do you yep. think? I like them. Yep. Making friends, having fun. Those are the two core values, um, for me, forever Bowl, the rules starts there and everything stems from
0: those. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of shocking to me because when I think of core values, I definitely don't think that I feel like, uh, you know, just naturally, my first instinct before you even explained it, I'm like, that's, that's pretty vague, you know? Um, and I think like when I, when you hear other people's core values, it's like, you know, you got to be, I don't know, purpose-driven. you got to be numbers-oriented or something like that, right? Yours are, like, almost in a way, uh, <laughs> like, just kind of almost live a good life in a way. <laughs> but I think, it, I think it totally makes sense once you explained it, right? The, you don't have to explain the bad portions of what not to do if you just kind of talk about or your core value is one good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that it kind of already encompasses, like, it's nonverbal. You don't have to say the other stuff. So I think that's very powerful. Um, I do want to get into uh, Unevolve. So yes. uh, what is that to you? So it's
1: a, it's a word we created and trademarked. It's to live actively and eat stuff that's been around forever. So yeah. said simply, technology has obviously been great. It helps us in so many ways in life. Where it's bad is health and wellness. Yeah, I don't have to move anymore. I don't have to exercise. I eat fake food, laboratory-created food. So getting back to the basics of living actively, moving your body, and eating stuff that's been around forever, Everbowl's tagline is made from stuff that's been around forever. So we're the eating component of an unevolved lifestyle. When you walk in all of our stores, it says "Unevolve" on the front of our shirts and yeah. Everbowl on the back. Simply because a team sports guy, you think of, so I'm going to give my shout-out to my Padres. <laughs> padres are on the front. My name would be on the back. So Everbowl's one player on Team Unevolved. Whether you go to Everbowl or not, you can go to our competitors. As long as they're doing it right, we support you. Yeah. Be the best version of yourself. Your body is a machine, right? It's, it's an organic living machine but it still takes the consumption of what we eat is the fuel we need to be the best version of ourselves right. so what we put in our bodies every day is a direct correlation to our health our moving our bodies is a direct correlation to our health so to live an unevolved lifestyle and go back to being the best version of you is kind of the foundation and that's what we're really mi- our mission at yeah. everbowl is to help people do that because when you eat good and live actively you feel good when you feel good, you look good. When you look good, you perform good. When you perform good, you get
0: success, and you're happy, and you have the best version and the best life. Which is number four on your success formula, right? Yeah. And you said that's why you started Everbowl, because your health was taking a decline? Was that, is that kind, the case? Kind kinda? of.
1: Years ago, uh, I was dealing with a hiatal hernia and some stomach problems, and yeah. um, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, so I started doing some research, and I realized everything, I, every symptom is cancer, and it scared me. And <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> that's what the internet does to you, dude. <laughs> So I started doing research as to, well, how do you prevent cancer? How do you prevent illness? How do you, yeah. how, do you how do you, how do you, and I realized it's easier to prevent than to cure, right? Yeah. C- curing disease is hard. Preventing is a lot easier. doesn't mean you won't get it, but science has shown that heart disease, stroke, obesity, cancer, diabetes, hypertension, most of the conditions that plague Americans about 80% of them are preventable or delayable with lifestyle. Crazy, It's crazy. Yeah. Right? Don't smoke, eat right, and move your body, and you pretty much prevent or delay 80% of the things that are plaguing us. Yeah. Of course, genetically, some people are unlucky. You're going to get some weird stuff. Nothing we can do. But when you look at the the data, and 80% of, of disease and illness that's plaguing us on a daily basis and killing our loved ones is preventable or delayable, well, that, again, I'm, I like to learn. I like to follow data. I don't need to be the smartest guy in the room. The data is there for me. Right. So, so understanding that core concept, that's the birth of Unevolve. And so when I was done with digital marketing and payroll and HR, I was at home kind of driving my wife and kids crazy. My wife said, go do something you're passionate about because yeah. you're driving us crazy. And so I looked at what can I do to have an impact in the world and also generate revenue and be an entrepreneur and have fun and make money. And the average American eats fast food 3.2 times a week. Fast food's killing us it's the fast and the fried. And so I said, "Okay, why are we eating bad? What yeah. are what are the excuses we're making when you say why, You know eating, everyone knows. Hey, I should eat. Everybody fried. knows. Everyone yeah. knows it. Why do we still eat bad? It's cheap. That's one of them. It's good. That's one of them. Fast. So four. Yeah, so it's it either costs too much or we think it does. Yeah. to eat healthy. It doesn't taste good. Yeah. It doesn't fill me up and leave me satisfied. So true. Or you can't get it. You're in a food desert. Okay. So Everbull was built to be affordable, filling, delicious and accessible. And take those excuses away so we can all make that good choice as often as we can. And Everable meant for everybody. And again, win the day. Meaning you don't have to eat Everable or an Everable-type product every meal. You might say, I love my McDonald's burgers. Fine. <laughs> Instead of 3.2 times this week, how about 3.1? Yeah. Then next week, three. And let's work our way down to where you're eating McDonald's infrequently and eating healthy options frequently. Right. That's, again— Go back to the core basics, win stack, win the day, win your meal, pick one option. And the more you f- start to replace bad with good, it reduces the bad. You don't yeah. have to go, you know, again, the mistake I think a lot of people make with dieting is, oh, today I'm, I'm done. I'm not eating anything bad ever again. Yep. I'm only going to eat salads. Yeah, I'll they try, try to go cold turkey. Yeah. And just- Next week, you're going to be eating bad. You're going to end up eating more bad because you have to make up for the week that you deprived yourself. Yeah. So, again, it's about win stacking if you can take one meal this month and choose an Everable or Everable-like product, great. We support that. Yep. Eat bad the rest of the meals. Who cares? <laughs> You've been doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then next month, make it too. Like, pick a, a micro goal that is achievable, obtainable, and that you're actually going to follow through on. And that's the model. It's like some, some you know diet experts say, you know, the best diet is the one that you follow. Right, <laughs> right. It's yeah. not the one that does the best because no one 's going to we, we know the answers we just don 't do it as people yeah. for convenience for cost for all those reasons so that 's why unevolve was created because it's it 's it's something we can stand together with and that 's funny enough, one of the reasons we attracted drew brees you know when I met drew, I, I played basketball with his agent and he started ordering ever when he asked about the why behind the brand and he learned that we stand for this live active lifestyle yeah that 's what he 's about you know he bought an f and a flag football uh Company around the country. He's involved in a lot of health and wellness brands. He's a professional quarterback. He's about this. Yeah. So the way that you connect uh, acai bowl chain to somebody who is of his stature is not the food. That's true. It's the why. Yeah. LeBron's not going to ever wear an everable shirt. Yeah. But he would get behind Live Actively and and uh, eat stuff that's been around forever. He can get behind an unevolved lifestyle. And like Powerful. on my shirt, it doesn't say everable but it does have an unevolve. It does have our logo. And we're building a brand by getting them behind our why,
2: yeah, not
0: our what. Yeah, and a lot of people build whats, and no one cares. Yeah, that's true. They talk about the product, you know, mm-hmm. the benefits of the service or something right. like that. Yeah, so that's uh, that's powerful. That's definitely like a high level overview of you know what you should do in terms of branding and, and things of that nature. Um, when it comes to because you were talking about COVID, you guys kind of shut down a little bit. How was that like? Because you know you, you were growing pretty quickly. Um, you know, COVID happened what, what, uh, what happened there?
1: So March 18th, 2020, uh, we temporarily shut down 28 corporate locations. We were never going to franchise. Um, and we realized we had no choice at that time, but to shut down. Nobody yeah. knew what was happening.
0: Were you guys bleeding money like crazy? Not at the moment,
1: but the kind of most of our stores were in California and California said shut down yeah, and I'm employees too. were scared and we have a lot of teenagers and parents were scared. And so uh, we, as corporate officers, were scared, and we didn't want to put our employees in harm's way when nobody knew what was going on. Yep. And so we made the decision to temporarily shut down all 28 stores, and we had the worst call of my life when I had to lay off 400-plus people. Damn. Um, I then reached, you know, me and my executives, uh, the group of us that were in the corporate office. We got together because one of our core values at Everbull that we live by, again, it's all, I'm, I'm always going to fall back on them, is be change-ready. Yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> that's important right you can't change is going to happen it's inevitable so what do we have to do and so one of the ideas that got brought up is a concept called later bowls which was let's make some bowls let's put them in boxes let's spin up a shopify website and start selling them and we'll deliver bowls to people's homes without the restaurants because we have the product we have the know-how we have the brand we have customers yeah they need food and they need food in their house so we launched this product in about a day and a half it's called later bowls and uh, myself and three of our executives literally met in, uh, in one of our closed down locations, hand boxed these <laughs> boxes of later bowls and yeah. we got into our freezer van and we delivered them locally to customers and we started selling product that way. And as a result of doing that, um, I decided it was working really well after about a month. And I said, you know what, this would be a really good product for QVC. Yeah. So I used my relationship capital. I reached out to to some friends and said, hey, who who knows who to get me on qbc and i i made a withdrawal because i needed it yeah i worked my way through thank you uh you know thanks to some great great people and um got onto QVC. qbc and we sold out 14 times we sold over four and a half million dollars in product in 2021 yeah and we're their plant-based product of the year and now we partner with them and we'll be launching two new products with them next year and this whole new business got launched as a result of covid yeah because we were under duress um that's the benefit of what happened. And then about May 1st, we reopened our 28 stores and yeah. went back to business. Crazy.
0: Yeah. Like, it's a crazy story because um, as an entrepreneur, they, they often say that an entrepreneur is somebody who falls out of the plane and then decides to build a parachute while they're flying. Um, you took something that was you know um, detrimental to a lot of people and you figured out something to, you know, to make it work during that time frame. I do want to talk about, which was probably, like you said, one of the hardest things that you had to do, I don't know if you've uh, seen the, one of the CEOs of a large company. I forgot exactly what. But they had to lay off a ton of people, and they laid them off via Zoom. I saw that. I think it was— um, got so much backlash. He did.
1: Uh, I can't remember who it was. But
0: I, I, saw, I, I saw the article. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so I know you. <laughs> How was it like when you did it? What, what was—yeah. Talk
1: to uh, me about that. Well, so Brian Augustine actually was the one who made the calls. Yeah. Um, it was horrible. Uh, We did a group thing. We basically said, listen, we're going to temporarily shut our stores down. Everyone is going to be unemployed immediately. You should all get on unemployment. We kind of wanted to give them the tools to take the next step because nobody knew what was what. Um, We didn't know if we were going to be closed for a day, a week, a month, forever. Nobody at that moment had any information. And that was, regardless of what side of the world you're on on that, that was before anyone had any, that was March 18th, 2020. Yeah. Um, And so it was horrible. I mean, I went home that day and... I genuinely, I mean, I'm pretty even keel positive guy. That was one of my, that was a day I had to really rely on kind of what I do in those moments. So I I have this five minute pity party program. Um, I set a timer, I give myself five minutes to be a victim and I yeah. scream, I cry, I yell, I stomp my feet, <laughs> I complain. And then when my alarm goes off, I'm done doing that. Now we got to figure out what the hell's next. I love that, dude. So, um, so in that vanity, you know, I, it was a little longer than five minutes that day. I could yeah. the alarm went off and I was still a victim for a minute. Cause yeah. it just was like, Holy shit. Like, what are we going to do here? You know? Um, I had a lot of people involved in this company. I had brought friends out of their other companies to join. I had a lot of investors. I put my reputation on the line. I have a ton of uh, real estate that I personally guaranteed. I mean, it was, it was a lot of emotions. Yeah. It was an emotional, emotional day. Um, but again, I, I'm going to keep going back to it because that is the success formula in life. If you have those core values and you know what to do, you may not know what you're going to do, but you know the formula to figure that out. Yeah. It was, well, let's put ourselves in a room and how do we win the day? And winning the day was that later bowl concept. And the first day we made nothing, yeah. but it, we didn't, it wasn't a matter of making nothing. What it, what it was a matter of was putting our focus on something and not focusing on all the bad stuff and the victimhood and all the things that are going wrong. It was putting our mindset together as a team the group of us in our corporate office and our our world class team together, yeah, and saying what can we do to win today? We'll figure tomorrow. Tomorrow, yep, as yep. your point, you fell out of the airplane, build a parachute. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worrying about what I'm going to do once I land and I'm in the middle of nowhere. Right. Let's right. land first. So by doing like that, that and simplifying it, it kind of shrunk our problem down to something manageable. Yeah. And when it's manageable, we can accomplish it. And when you didn't
0: accomplish it, again, you win enough days. Congratulations. Yep. yep. You're, you win the title. No, I, I like that. Um, I want to I ask you a question, but it, I think it's a little controversial. So, yeah. you know, you have the choice <laughs> if you don't want to answer it. I think, you know, nowadays, um, what do you feel? Because I, I think you do it in a very great way. You're very humble, but you're also like, you know, I'm going to give myself five minutes, and then after that, I am going to focus on the solution versus the problem. And I think right now, we might be in an era uh, where a lot of people are focusing a lot on problems and problems only without solutions. Um you know what do you feel about that because there's a lot of you know cancel culture right now where if you do make a mistake and it's you know anyways i think you know the deal i, I do yes so how do you how do you navigate that well um i think it's a mistake
1: when people are so divisive whatever yeah. side you're on whatever your beliefs are especially if you're in business money is dead presidents and what does that mean it's literally a piece oh. of paper with a dead president <laughs> yeah, on got it, got it you know um it it's when i deposit a dollar from Someone on this side or this side, it still goes in my bank, yeah, and I can true. still spend that dollar however the hell I want. Sure. So if you're an entrepreneur, and this is more, you know, this is less uh, about positivity and more about just sheer money, but if you care about money, you should never be divisive. Yeah. Yes, you should stand for what you stand for, but that doesn't mean I need to broadcast my personal beliefs on, uh, you know, with a loudspeaker. I can have them and hold them dear, and I'm not going to do business with someone who is horrific in my opinion. Yeah but I don't need to even find out you're horrific if we never have the conversation. I sell acai bowls, ever bowls for everybody. I want you to come in and enjoy a bowl. I want you to be the best version of yourself. Even if I disagree with you politically yeah. or I disagree with you religiously, or I disagree with you fundamentally, if we never get there, we yeah. never know. Yeah. And I don't know why people feel the need to spend so that's, much effort. That's what I was going to ask you. I'm like,
0: cause people feel like they need to say their opinion. They need to state, <laughs> they need to stand their ground. And I, I mean, I'm going to take a guess. I think the reason why is because, um, you know, if you don't, there's like this backlash that ends up happening. So I feel like they, they, need, to, they need to fight back. Like if there's some war going on, right? Um, and who knows? There might be. I don't know. I'm oblivious. But I like that where it's like, you know, you, you can still have those beliefs. You don't need to fight people about it. You can still move on and run your business, be successful, live a happy life, have a wife and kids. Well, one of the best pieces of advice I was given is, would you rather be right or would you rather win?
2: Yeah. And
1: a lot of people right now are stuck in wanting to be right, and it's not the pragmatic way to go. Yeah. I understand that what they see is a lot of influencers on social media and a lot of celebrities that are making a lot of money by creating this tribe yep. of people who believe in one of these extremes. The thing that I want to remind everyone is, unless you are one of those people, you're not making money as a result of these divisive groups. Yeah. Right? So, yes, whether you're on this side or this side on whatever issue, cancel culture, not cancel culture, your view on this, the people at the top are making money. The rest of you are just feeding that and giving them money and letting them build their wealth, and that's a business. So you are a customer of their business, which is fine. If you support that, it's great. I'm just saying as you go back to the simple, and the people listening to the show are not those people, Yeah. they're the people who are working towards building that success. If you have a business, you want more customers, not less customers. 100%. You want to attract great talent, not worse talent. Yep. And we may disagree politically, but you and me could build a tremendous company and disagree. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter if we don't bring that to the table. Now, if, we, if our business is built off of one of these issues, it's a different question. I sell acai bowls, so everyone has to eat. So I don't care what you believe politically. I don't care on your religion or your views on it because you eat. I yeah, eat, yeah. Eat. Um I stay out of it. I never express it because my personal beliefs are mine. Yeah. And I'm entitled to them, you're entitled to yours. I want you to have the f- We live in America, you should have the freedom to believe what you want to believe. You should have the freedom to say what you want to say. Yeah. You shouldn't cause harm on anybody else other than that. I don't believe in canceling people for their views. Um unless they act on those and they are right obviously illegal. Um <laughs> yeah. you know, one of those kinds of things, sure, but
0: You know, that's kind of how I stay the hell out of that. (laughs) That's good, dude. I like that. Um, You know, if you want in the future, I'd love to have you back with other people that um, I'd say, you know, not necessarily just to talk about it, but I'd love for you to kind of give your stance because I think that's a powerful way to live. You're not living based off of you're not living reactively. Correct. You're very, you know, outside of everything, just kind of taking a look at everything. And then doing what you want to do in your life because I feel like at the end of the day, you know, um, it is your life. You're going to die at the end of the day, and, and you get to choose how you decide to live it. And I think you're choosing the way that I would choose, <laughs> you know. Um, well, thank you. Yes. I, I think there's a lot of risk in in uh, in doing so right now, right, in trying to do that. And I don't think it's worth it. But I, I agree. I mean,
1: I think you're – I fall back on would I rather be right or would I rather win? I want to win. Yeah. And I reverse engineer how people win and teams win and people have what I want. And that's kind of the goal. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, I, I try to spend a lot of time with my family and friends. I try to live a life of abundance and positivity. Um, you can choose the other way. It's fine if that works for you. Yeah. I've tried other ways. I seriously increased both my personal love, my, my personal life, my professional life and my income when I live this style, this way. So I share it because, again, as i kind of let off, um, I think everyone can do the extra stuff and be extraordinary. And so if they understand what that is and just fall back on and define what those core values are for you so when you're in that heated discussion yeah. or you feel the need to have the last word or to make sure that everyone heard that you said that, that's cool. But we live in a world where everything is captured on phones and Internet and media, yeah. and it's there forever. And so as I'm trying to teach my daughters, like, be careful what you say because you can't. It's not he said, she said. When it's on tape, that's true. It's it's real, and yeah. we don't know what the world's going to be in ten more years. And while you, our views should change. We should be open to changing our perspective with new information. Yeah, and if we're not open to learning new information, and we're so set in our ways, it's dangerous. Um, it's it's not a way to gain wealth. It's not a way to gain friendships and relationships and spouses and that's true. Um,
0: So, but I would love to come back on and, and do that. Obviously, <laughs> anytime. No, good, good. Um, I do want to talk about your relationship with your wife and your kids because I feel like as an entrepreneur, sometimes you can get so bogged down. I think right now you're at a space where, like you said, you work on your business, not in your business. Um, h- how long did it kind of take take to get to that point where you can have a lot of time with your family um, and still reap the benefits of being a business owner?
1: So this is one of those teeter-totters questions. Um, yeah. It
0: ebbs and flows. You yeah. know,
1: I, I, so there's like seasons then? There's seasons and I need to get reality checked by my wife. Um, and she'll remind me like, Hey, you haven't been here in a year. It's
2: what the hell. Um,
1: you know, when I started Everbowl, it was the, probably the worst it ever was because I had opened a restaurant and I didn't know what I, I didn't know anything about restaurants. Right. And I didn't leave the restaurant for about four and a half months. I was there from open to close seven days a week. Wow. And we, me and my wife got into a fight and she's like, you know, you're a millionaire working 80 hours a week for minimum wage at the expense of being time with your family. Yeah. And I was trying to explain to her, it's not the money and it's not, I'm building something that I'm trying to grow. Yeah. And as a result of that growth, I had to realize like, hey, I need to go back to building that team faster and, and realize like there has to be a balance. Yeah. I have to give time to my family and friends because without them, um, I'm not me and I don't want the business. Yeah. The business is, is because I love it, right? Like my passions are my f- outside of family um, and health and wellness, it's entrepreneurship. And those are my three pillars of enjoyment in my life. I need all three. It's a stool. If you take one off, the thing falls. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm leaning too hard on one side and it pops one leg up. So I have to readjust. Yeah. The and your wife with helps you do that, right? Personally on the family side, yeah. sure. You know, and if I spend too much time with my family and I'm away from my business too long, the business leg falls. Right. So it is about balance. And anyone who says they figured it out, please call me and tell me how to always <laughs> maintain that. Cause I don't know, but I'm constantly readjusting myself on my seat and yeah. trying to figure out again when the day today's the day I need to spend with my family because I've been you know neglecting them or I've been putting too much effort and energy on this side yeah. you know or my health like hey I haven't I've been traveling so much I haven't I haven't exercised in three weeks like right I need to go back to that I need to devote that time my my sleep my food like again those three pillars so simply figuring out what makes you you and then figuring out how to win the day on those and forget the rest, forget the noise. That's how we will ultimately win. And that's the success formula that I've, I've been able to implement. And I think everyone else can too, in their own way.
2: Right. Right.
0: Well, dude, I appreciate you having, you know, you being on the show, where can people find you? Uh, social media at Finster Jeff on Instagram, email me jeff at everbowl.com, or you can
1: obviously check out what we're working on. If you're interested in joining the family, um, com, and we'd love to, love to connect. And, Again, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, there is some free courses that I created with LinkedIn. So you can go to LinkedIn Learning and search by my name um, if you want some information. And hit me up. I'm always looking for some some good friends.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, dude. Thanks for having me.
2: All right. Cool. You crushed it. (laughs) Oh, thanks, man.